Hello and welcome back to episode number 11, this edition of Inside the Vault, a Carolina Panthers podcast. I'm your host, Ryan Smith. This podcast is brought to you by the Keep Pounding Podcast Network. Follow them on Twitter at kppounding underscore FSSN. And this podcast is also powered by the Fans First Sports Network. Follow them on Twitter at Fans First SN. You can also rate, subscribe to the Tobacco Road Sports Radio YouTube channel at youtube.com forward slash tobacco radio. Well, my latest guest here on Inside the Vault, the Carolina's Panthers podcast, he is the co-host of the Mac and Bone Show, WFNZ 92.7 in Charlotte. Follow him on Twitter at T-Bone WFNZ. Thrilled to have him on. He is T-Bone. Welcome, man. Hey, it's an honor for you to have me on your program. Thanks for uh the invite. Did you say I'm guest number 11? Did you say what number was that? 11? 11. So congratulations on, on hitting up. Who were the other 10 people ahead of me? I need to know their names and their addresses. <laughs> well, uh, Jim Zoki's been on this podcast. For you can't stand, I can't stand him. Keep going. <laughs> David Newton has been on this podcast. Just a few few names. I talked to Zoki like four minutes ago, but yes. Okay. So David Newton got on before I did. All right. I'll, I'll talk to you. Once we conclude here about the order of now, he's he's a legend too. He's been doing this for twenty years. So uh, congratulations on your your podcast. I brought out my hardware too. I got my awards here in the background. I got my uh, I see it. My nineteen ninety six soccer trophy right here. Yes. So I brought out the awards for you. We got it all going on over here at the phone bill. Yep. No. Uh. And yeah, I, I might as well say it. Um. The my my inaugural guest was Joe Person, who I know you know as well. So he was yes. my very first guest. So I danced with Joe at a wedding this year. Him and I danced together at a wedding. Oh, it was okay. Very weird, and it was enjoyable nonetheless. <laughs> well, like I said, those are just three of uh um of my guests. If you like, I said, rate, review, subscribe wherever you get your podcast inside the vault. You can check out those other uh ten episodes previous to T Bone. So T Bone, let's get right into it. Um, let's start with the 53 man roster of the Panthers. Who were some of your, um, just overall thoughts and some of your surprise cuts and, and guys that you kept on the roster. You might think, uh, that we didn't expect to do so. Well, it, it kind of varied throughout the week, right? Because we had yeah. the initial reaction of the guys that were released, but it's all at once now. So it's a little bit weird where you're analyzing all the roster cuts at once. And then most of the guys come back to the practice squad. So we spent an entire day complaining about the guys that got let go. And then a lot of them came back anyway. So there may have been a lot of wasted time this week on the back and bone show, but that's kind of what we've done for the last 20 years. Um, I thought that the defensive tackles was kind of interesting how Mark Juan McCall went last week. We thought Raekwon Williams would, maybe he was the reason why that Mark Juan went. And then Raekwon gets let go, goes to the practice squad. I thought that was interesting. I thought it was interesting how there were certain areas where we thought one guy might go, but like Brandon Smith, Brandon Smith went and Deion Jones went. Yeah. Mark Juan McCall and Williams went. It was kind of interesting that we thought one might stay, one might not stay. Offensive linemen, you know, despite the struggles of Michael Jordan and Cam Irving and the veteran guys, you need bodies and they're very young uh, in the second tier of the offensive line. So but they got rid of a lot of those guys too. So in spots where you thought a guy may not be great, but yeah. he may stay, they really got rid of multiple people in multiple spots, as you noticed. Yeah. 
And, and Scott Fitter has said the roster should be finalized in the next 72 hours or so. So we'll see kind of what that looks like. But um, with an open roster spot right now with Stephen Sullivan going to uh, injured reserve, um, where do you expect the Panthers to go uh, for that 53rd spot? Yeah, the Matt Corral situation, too, plays a part in that because we thought he was probably going to be 53, and then he gets claimed by New England. You also wonder, too, did they expect Matt Corral to not get claimed and then end up being a part of things, too, which I guess we'll talk about that more. Oh, man, it's uh, it's, it's an interesting thing right now with the 53. They're, not, they're doing a little bit unexpected things, so it's not as easy to predict. What's normally easy to predict for what we know of the Panthers roster, it has not been easy. I would guess – more more veteran linemen, that doesn't hurt with all the guys that are back there, although Corbett does come back. But, you know, we're trying to analyze it for right now. Um, the receivers, you know, I think they're going to be okay and healthy, but that's a little unknown. It, it's it's a little complex. I, I, I think that – I know Troy Hill is here now, and that's part of the reason why Keith Taylor's gone. But, you know, with the health of Dante Jackson, always a question, even in games he gets hurt a lot. I wouldn't be surprised if they needed another uh, safety because Jamie Robinson did not look ready to go. So I think someone in the secondary or perhaps another veteran offensive lineman, but a yeah. little hard to predict here along the way. Of course. Yeah. And that's what I was going to say. Someone either in the cornerback room or in that veteran uh, defensive line or offensive line. Uh, I think you hit that nail on the head there. Um, if you had to look at this roster initially, you kind of already went into it a little bit on the weakness side. Is, is there a strength position on this roster you mentioned some of the positions a little thin needing some more depth the o-line the d-line cornerback room we already said uh, is there a strength position on this roster there is one and it's a little unexpected from where we've been the last couple of years there's not a lot of positions of strength in terms of first unit second unit we talked about it all week at the mac and bone show look yes we're comfortable with some of the first unit guys but once you start going to the two deep it's not name a position yeah, and it's probably a worry. It's secondary, offensive line, linebackers, edge rushers, wide receivers, tight ends. There's a lot of them there. But do you trust Tremble and Ian Thomas? I don't. I, quarterback. We've now got to the part where quarterback is one of the deep. Yes, it's only Andy Dalton, and then of course Bryce Young. But yeah. Andy Dalton, I know he didn't perform well last Friday for what we expected Andy Dalton. But when you rank the backup quarterbacks that you trust the most. I mean, based off what he's accomplished even last year and doing pretty well for New Orleans, Andy Dalton has to be up near the top of that list of the best backup quarterbacks in the league. So he does. from where we were a year ago with Darnold and Mayfield, Young and Andy Dalton is now a strength of the team, in my opinion. So quarterback is actually one of the stronger parts of the football team. And that's why Matt Corral couldn't practice. Yeah. And, you know, going to the practice squad, we we mentioned the roster the practice squad, you can find that on Panthers.com. Obviously, we'll, we won't go through all the names here. But, um, you know, is there any guy that sticks on the on there that you think, you know, could be a key guy if uh, an injury happens or maybe uh, a guy develops really well during the season that you could see getting called up and getting some playing time? Is there any guy that sticks out to you that might be someone who be might be of an importance later in the year? Raekwon Williams. We, we talked about him earlier, the defensive line, because yeah. he's a need. And we thought that he may be a guy that might be pushing for a lot of playing time before this week. So I would say Raekwon Williams uh, fits your answer there as a guy that was surprising he got let go based off a of circumstance. But I think Raekwon Williams might not last long on the practice squad. I think they may need him for a while. Yeah. 
Um, let's talk about the only two players um, we did lose ultimately. Keith Taylor went to the practice squad of the Kansas City Chiefs. Um, that was a surprise to some people that he was ultimately let go. And then Matt Corral, as you mentioned, picked up by uh, Bill Belichick in New England. And as some fans have pointed out, that was the team that we traded up for to yeah. get Matt Corral. Yeah. And uh, now they get him for basically nothing. So uh, yeah. thoughts on the two players that ultimately we did lose in um, – are they going to better situations? Is it, is it, um, how, how do you see both of those guys in their landing spots? Well, once Troy Hill got in here and he's familiar with the uh, Averro system from last year and in the past, Troy Hill was brought in here. I think they even potentially be a starter if Dante Jackson does unfortunately get injured again. So I think Troy Hill is going to play a role here. And once he came in here, that made Keith Taylor expendable. I think CJ Henderson could also be considered expendable in a certain way. But C.J. Henderson's a little weird because he has moments where he looks good and then he has moments where he the ball's in the air and he almost goes into panic mode. It's weird. He doesn't play the ball well, but he does some other stuff well at times. So you couldn't, you couldn't have the inconsistency of Keith Taylor and C.J. Henderson as your backup guys, yeah. especially with the injury history of those guys that are starting. You had to have someone you could count on and know that's Troy Hill. So once that happened, Keith Taylor was expendable. They really liked Keith Taylor when he got drafted. I heard – from a source in the building when they picked them, that that might be one of their best draft picks in a long time. So they gave him a chance. They liked him, but much like a lot of the rule era guys, you know, just never quite caught on. Right. So that's not surprising. Matt Corral, he's a great unknown. How do you analyze Matt Corral? He got hurt in the preseason last year. He hasn't played in the regular season game. I thought he would pass through waivers and come back because a guy like Bailey Zappi for the Patriots who started games last year, uh, he he ended up passing through waivers and going back to New England. So Matt Corral, with nothing proven so far, I thought for sure, and I think they may have thought that too, but New England is desperate for quarterback bodies because they really don't like – they're trying to find someone to push Matt Jones. Maybe they think it's him. That's on them. But I'm surprised that, that Matt Corral went somewhere else and didn't come back to him. Yeah, I mean, he is on the active roster, uh, as we know there. And he made it only be on the practice squad here, so that could have played a factor into it. But um, moving on now, talking to about Bryce Young, you know, there's a lot of things that people have said about him as we've drafted him. You know, can he take a hit? His height, ball uh, control, uh, his precision in the pocket, his arm angle throws, his, uh, you know, from the neck up, he's very mature. Um what have you seen this preseason that ultimately makes you excited about Bryce Young going into the season? And also, what do you think he needs to improve on and just kind of grow into the role as he goes throughout his rookie year? I don't think there's one thing he needs to improve. Sliding is one thing. He's a terrible slider. I mean, that's, <laughs> yeah. yeah, That's got to change. I mean, I, I don't think there's a lot to improve on. It's just a matter of getting experience and getting better at what he's good at. There's not, you can't get it taller. So that's going to be his whole thing, but he doesn't play the game like a guy that's small, um, we saw the legs come out last week more um, in space, and he was juking guys. I think that he's everything that this franchise has wanted and needed uh, really since Cam got injured towards the end. I think he is a guy that we've been jealous of, the Joe Burrows and the Josh Allens and the and all you can go on and on and on. Mahomes, yeah. obviously. You can go uh-huh. on and name all the great ones. More on that momentarily about where he could rank there. But – you know, I think we got a guy that, you know, he may not be uh, 
with Mahomes and Burrow at the very top. But I think we have a guy here that fans are going to embrace. And I think other fans are now going to be thinking, how can they get their Bryce Young? That's how good he is. He's got intangibles and traits. And people get all mad at us, but, you know, he's got a little Mahomes with the ability to move around and create stuff out of nothing. He's got that. He's got a little Drew Brees in the pocket. There's a lot of Russell Wilson. And there's a little bit of a lot of greats. There's a little bit of – there's some little bit of Tom Brady in there, as weird as that sounds. There's there's a little bit of something with all the great ones that you see in them. And I know that um, per sources that we talked to last week that know – far more uh, about the quarterback position in this league, certainly than you do, than I do, than anyone with it, that he's he's more evolved at this stage than Peyton Manning was um, when he entered the league. And that's coming from someone that's in the league and been that, that's coming from a source that's pretty impeccable. So when you have a guy being compared in terms of acumen and arm and all that, what with Peyton Manning in terms of, his greatness to think that that Bryce is is ahead of him in those areas. I mean, what more, what more do you need to know about who this franchise quarterback is? And we were talking the other day. Boy, I think that nine of the top ten quarterbacks right now are probably in the AFC. It, it's completely imbalanced because you got to throw Trevor Lawrence in there now. Like the only quarterback in the top ten in the league from the NFC might be Jalen Hurts. So when you start looking at the future of the NFC quarterback spot, how many QBs do you take in the NFC going forward? I don't mean today, but going forward for their careers, how many do you take ahead of Bryce Young right now? There's not many, is there? It's all no. in the AFC. NFC, it's Hurts. We can debate that. It's it's imbalanced, but Bryce Young's going to be one of the better quarterbacks in the NFC for a long period of time. Yeah. We'll certainly see how that plays out. And um, like you said, debate could be made. He's already uh, one of the top quarterbacks in the NFC, definitely yep. in the division. Some people say Derek Carr. I understand that veteran presence has been in the league for a while. but He'll pass Carr along the way, though. Like, I get it now, but you can just right. see where he's going to he's gonna move on. He's going to pass. Like, people might say they – like, golf might be better in the immediate just because of – Sure. But he's going to pass all these dudes, right? It's just a matter of – and then Drake May and Caleb Williams may enter the fray. We know, but – Right now, it's his future in the NFC is as bright as anybody, maybe outside of Jalen Hurts. And that's another one where, you know, we'll see where, where it goes. Well, I wasn't going to go here, but you mentioned Caleb Williams and Drake May. I think Panther fans can probably safely say they're crossing their fingers that they end up in Arizona or Los Angeles Rams, respectively, and not in Tampa Bay. <laughs> so, uh, Yeah, what's crazy about that whole situation is the Arizona Cardinals, because of that trade on draft night, the, the Cardinals have Houston's pick. Yep. So the Cardinals, you know, we're like, oh, they're tanking. Yeah, they're they're tanking because they may end up with the first two picks in the draft. Yeah. So that's uh, that's not I can't that's never happened, right? Not to my knowledge. No. So uh, and you know, as long as I thought Tampa Bay was trying to position themselves too for one of those guys, so that would be where it's like, okay, set, settle down, Tampa. Go go win like your five games. Exactly. Right? Exactly. We'll see what happens there. Um. Speaking of some of the fans embrace, uh, other than Bryce Young, of course, is Brian Burns. And Frank Reich talked the other day, um, or just actually yesterday, uh, how he was not present for practice and uh, he wouldn't comment about the contract. So uh, obviously I think everyone knows, you know, Burns is waiting for Nick Bosa to sign and see where that market dictates. And 
So I'll ask you, if you've listened to my podcast or listened to any of the episodes, you, uh, I ask every guest, what do you know about the Brian Burns contract and the timeline? Don't don't really hear much uh, leaks on that. It was a little awkward the other day because they said he wasn't practicing because of a personal matter, but he was in the building. So did he and that was from out? Justin Houston, know. if did I'm he... not mistaken. What's that? That was from Justin Houston, if I'm not mistaken. He was the one that yeah. said that. So he was... Now, I need to know, what did he... Was he there and left the building? Did he just stay in? If he's just hanging around the building, well, that leads to some of the conflict. It's, oh, he's just not practicing. Did he Did he leave and go somewhere? Well, that's when the personal matter comes up. We don't really understand what was right. going on there. I think he's going to get his deal done relatively soon. When you didn't give up the first rounders last year, that reportedly you didn't give up that were offered for Brian Burns. All the momentum to me is on the, the Brian Burns side. They're, they're not really have a they haven't addressed the other pass rusher lately. It's all on yes, Justin Houston came in, but in terms of a big signing or you know a young draft, it, they, it's all on Burns as the main edge rusher. Yeah, they didn't give up draft collateral reportedly two first rounders, maybe more. We don't know for Brian Burns. If I'm the if I'm the agent, I say uh, by the way, here's all our information we have here. How much you like Brian Burns? I think he falls somewhere. What's Max Crosby at? $23.5 million. I don't think he reaches $30 million, but I think he's going to go above Max Crosby. I would guess that he probably falls somewhere in the $26, $27 million range. That's where I think he's going to end up, somewhere past Max Crosby's annual average value. And then wherever Bosa is, probably, I would guess, kind of right behind that. But that's just all guessing. We don't we don't really know so much about it. Yep, Exactly. Um, let's talk about the players that you're looking forward to watching going into this season. We mentioned Bryce Young already and, and Brian Birds, but who are some of those players? Uh, I don't want to say underrated, but uh, players that you're just looking forward to watching and um, really contributing for this team. Well, I'll give you two on defense and then one on offense. Obviously, we're all interested to see how Jeremy Chin looks in the uh, Avero defense. Um, Jeremy Chin is a good player. He can sometimes be great. I don't think he's reached the level that we thought he would in terms of impact. Just a, just a, not an all time great, but that consistent pro bowler guy. Can he get there? We'll see. He's in a contract situation too. So he's a major storyline for how does he play? How does he look? All the contract talk is on Brian Burns and it's not on Jeremy Chin. And I think the team knows that, Hey, we got to see more from him. (laughs) Excuse me. So that's one there. The other one is Frankie Luvin, uh, one of the more underrated guys in the entire league. How is he unleashed? Uh, just a fascinating guy to watch in general. And then on offense, I think a man that is almost underappreciated already by Panther fans without playing a game yet. Uh-huh. Nationally, Maurice Jones-Drew had Miles Sanders as the last running back, uh, 30th ranked running back in the league. I saw that. Yeah. They're treating Miles Sanders like, unfortunately, like he is Cuba Hubbard. <clears throat> I, I, I don't, he had 1,200 yards, 11 touchdowns last year in an offense that was loaded. So he still put up numbers. It didn't end as well as it started, but people act like Miles Sanders is some, is some bona fide scrub. I, I don't understand where that comes from. I think, as you know, some Panther fans are going to be like, hey, this guy's pretty good. I think that he's, He's, he's falling a little bit almost under the radar. He didn't play in the preseason. 
I think Miles Sanders is going to be a dude and a baller and a lot better than he gets credit for. Yeah. Um, who are some players on the roster who are, uh, in your opinion, uh, their stock is soaring going into the season? Like um, they've had good preseason performances or um, we just saw based off last season. Okay. They were good last year, but in this defense or on this new coaching staff on the opposite side of the ball, their stock could be even higher than what we saw last year. Well, I think one guy in camp was DJ Chark, then he got injured, so it's kind of a hold stock. Yeah, I, I think that yeah, he, that's a good way to put it. One of the MVPs of camp, and then you know he got injured, so I think he's still going to be good. But you know, to say him right now, got to make sure that he's healthy. I think a guy that we saw um, really take a leap last year on defense and dominate in game one for the four or five plays he was out there. <clears throat> Excuse me, that was uh, Derek Brown. I, I Derek Brown him. goes from really yeah. good. I think Derek Brown goes to great. I think he's going to be – I would just put him in the Pro Bowl right now and say he's going to be there for a while. I think that dude is going to eat, eat, eat. I think Derek Brown is, is the right answer on that. I, I could not agree with you more. I have been saying that on every episode of this podcast. I cannot wait to see Derek Brown feast in this in this defense. Uh, another guy that I, is Von Bell, in my opinion, great signing oh, I think is going to yep. be – Excellent for this defense. We talked to Luke Keekley in the uh, a couple times, but we had him on after Vaughn Bell signed here. And there's an Ohio connection there where he uh-huh. he's very familiar with Vaughn Bell, and you could hear him through the phone just completely get Luke Keekley fired up about that dude. And when when Luke Keekley gets that amped up for a player, it's kind of a great sign of of the leader in the in the person in the player that is coming in here. Let's talk uh, before we get you out of here with some predictions. Let's uh, let's talk about this coaching staff. I mean, you know, we had the um, rule experiment. We'll put we'll say, and now um, we have Re- Frank Reich, Deuce Staley, Josh McCowan, Ijera Avero, um, Thomas Brown. So many names. Jim Caldwell. I almost forget to say him every time. Dom Capers. So many new coaches and just a loaded staff um, compared to kind of what we had previously. Um, is there a coaching staff that sticks out in, sorry, a coach that sticks out in your mind that is, um, really that steal, that splash hire that, you know, Tepper really shelled out some money, you know, to come to Carolina and it's going to be kind of the real reason for our success this season. Wow, man, that's a tough one because there's so many guys and they're all at different stages. There's the future head coaches at Averro and Thomas Brown and, Josh McCown, and I think we have to do a better job talking about, like, all of us. And when we talk about the future head coaches, Deuce Staley also should probably be in that mix as well for the respect that that guy has um, in, in his role so far in the league. Uh, and, and then you've got the guys like McCown who are up and coming. You've got Capers and Caldwell who are the other end of it. So it's it's quite a blend of the professors, the students, the guy. I mean, it's a – it's an unreal blend and a credit to David Tepper in allowing that to happen and not allowing uh, what happened last time where, where Matt rule just hired friends of rule from Baylor. I think Overo is probably that dude. I think Overo is the mad professor. And I think as the season goes along, we're going to see him week in week out. No one's Bill Belichick. I'm not saying that, but Bill Belichick would have a different way of going about things every single week. I think Overo is really going to mix things up. I, I don't think, these teams are going to know what's coming. It might be Luvu rushing one week. It might be Luvu. There's going to be 
different looks, different schemes, you're going to have a hard time, especially early, preparing for the Panthers because of that and on offense too. But And we talked to Greg Olson on Monday, and he had a great point about – I asked him about playing two division opponents off the bat like this. Does he like that for the Panthers? Is that good? Do you want to kind of get your feet wet? He said this is great for the Panthers because everything is so new. Atlanta has no idea what's coming. They have no clue on offense, on defense. They have absolutely no idea what to expect. Meanwhile, Averro, yes, I think Atlanta's got some good offensive weapons, no doubt. But Averro can spend how much time now preparing for Arthur Smith's offense? Yep. Major advantage for the Panthers. That's probably going to be a major talking point. Yeah. And um, let's talk about those expectations. You mentioned the two division games in the schedule right off the bat, one on the road uh, in Atlanta starting out, and then Monday Night Football at home, Bryce's home opener, uh, first career start um, in BOA. That's going to be quite the atmosphere for uh, the fans and for uh, Panther Nation. Um, but we'll get to the, your season predictions in the uh, in the last segment here, but – what are your expectations? What are some, I don't want to say warning, but what are, what can the Panther fans expect this season? What are some expectations for this team in, in your minds, realistically speaking? You mean like win loss wise? Is that, is that what you mean? Like, well, we'll get to the season prediction in a second, but uh, just in not non win loss uh, verbiage for, for now, what are our realistic expectations for this team? I think they can definitely be a team that can win the NFC South this year because uh, they're going to be improved, a more professional operation. And the NFC South's not great. Let's be honest. Other divisions, I would not say that. But, you know, we're not expecting, you know, high-end Niners-Eagles type level. Even Cowboys are going to be really good. But uh, that not that level of year, but certainly a team that has a great chance to win the South. And, and really, you know, I know cars in New Orleans, but – they now know who their dude is in Bryce Young. They've got their young franchise guy. Atlanta doesn't know that yet. They they hope it's Ritter, probably not. Tampa Bay, nope. And New Orleans, they got a guy for the now, but we'll see what happens. But Carolina beat the other teams to the punch of getting that young, established star quarterback. And I think that, you know, I think that the fans have to see some success to get their expectations raised. I think that we need a little bit of that rule eyewash. And I think that's part of the, the reason why the fans freak out so much is everything in their mind goes back to the the horror, the M. Night Shyamalan movie that we have just seen the last couple of years that was Matt Rule. So I think that, you know, I think that the fans will get more excited when they see something to get excited about. They're so down right now because they're being down, but I think that they're going to get excited. They just have to see it. So I expect an offense off the, off the jump that's going to be a little, little safe. They're not going to put Bryce in situations that's going to really hurt the football team. They're not going to force it. I think it's going to be a defensive-led team. It's going to be a running team. I think Bryce is going to manage it to a certain degree. And that fans might say, oh, all right. Bryce will eventually let it loose, I think. But I think you have to expect a little bit of a feeling out process offensively for him where the defense, the running games, I think is going to carry here for the first half season. That's a good way to put it. Um, well, like I said, uh, T-Bone has been my guest today here 
on Inside the Vault, a Carolina Panthers podcast. Uh, Tebow, great to have you on. So uh, generous with your time. Let's get you out here with some predictions and kind of how you think uh, the Panthers are going to do this season. So I'm just going to give you a rapid fire and you just tell me first thing that comes to your mind. Um, this is always dangerous. I don't know what I could possibly <laughs> say. Oh, I know. <laughs> well, keep it. Keep it. Uh, we'll, we'll see what happens. Okay. Um, who will be the player that takes uh, the biggest leap this season? Biggest leap this season will be J.C. Horn. I think he goes from where we think he's already that dude. I think nationally he's going to get more respect because he's going to play even more. He's going to shut dudes. I think J.C. Horn's respect level goes way up. Bryce Young will win Offensive Rookie of the Year, and along the way – Will he break any records? Um, I, you can put whatever you want to say in that completion percentage, passer ratings, things like that. I don't think he'll win rookie of the year or break a lot of records because I don't think Russell Wilson's got a lot of those records. I don't think he's going to have all those. I think Bijan Robinson will win rookie of the year because the running backs seem to have it a little easier entering the league right away. And I think he's going to put up a lot of yards. I think Bryce will be there in the mix, but. I think Bijan probably gets that award. Backs, I lean backs a lot on those awards, believe it or not. Yeah, no, that's fair. Um, who will lead this team in touchdowns when it's all said and done? Got a surprise for you on this one. You talk about receiving or rushing, because I think Miles Sanders could be one, but receiving-wise, Hayden Hurst. Okay, that, that's a good one. I, that's not a surprise at all, I think. I think he may have eight to ten touchdowns, because I think he's going to be a massive red zone target. And Bryce Young's really good at keeping plays alive in the red zone. I think Hayden Hurts is going to be- – and Thielen are both going to benefit from Bryce Young's ability to make stuff out of nothing in the red zone. Who leads the team in interceptions this year? Uh, interceptions. I think they're going to throw away from J.C. Horn a lot. So, ooh, that's a, that's a really that's a really good one because I want to say Dante Jackson – but he's injured a lot. So that's that's not a great uh, – I'm still going to say Dante Jack. I'll say Dante Jacks. Not that Horns I, – I think Horns is going to shut people down and not get the ball to A few people have said Luvu on on this podcast on that question. But You I, think Vaughn Bell's a good answer? Uh, Vaughn Bell's another good one too because I could see getting tip, balls tipped in the secondary and one of the safeties maybe picking that yeah. off. Too. No, that's a good answer. Yeah, it, might not be, it might not be a corner. It's a good, it's a good question. I'm going to steal these for next week. <laughs> um, Brian Burns will have how many sacks? Fifteen sacks. Okay, I- I'm going um fourteen. So we're we're one. Right. Right well, you don't believe them like I do. Then where are we? <laughs> yeah, exactly. Um, all right. Uh, I was gonna say this one, but I I, I uh, I'll, I'll skip that one. I th- you kind of already answered it. Um, all right. Overall record. What is your no- prediction when it's all said and done? Uh, what place in the NFC South? And what is the overall record? First place, 10 and 7. Okay. I am going to go yeah. 9 and 8 uh, yeah. is my record. I still don't I've know. I've been toggling I- both those record numbers, but I'm wearing the yeah. same record. I- I'm still teetering whether I'm going to say first or second place. Um, I-, I think if there is a team that is going to finish above the Panthers, it would be New Orleans. I'm just not buying the Atlanta height. Vegas is for some reason. Yeah. But, yeah. you know, Vegas always tries to get us to. Do something. My my biggest concern is how the schedule plays out. It's really doable past the bye week when it's Houston and Indy and Chicago and Tennessee, and then the end of the season. It's three out of four at home, including Tampa Bay, Atlanta. We'll see about Green Bay. 
But those first six games, um, you know, can they go three and three against the Falcons, the Saints, the Lions, the Vikings, the Dolphins, whatever they what they can they go three and three in there? Even two and four, they can make some they can make some hay after the bye with Houston and Indy right away. They can even get to four and four after that. They have to avoid some disastrous start though, say of like one and five. If they can manage that first six, three and three would be the best, I think. If they went two and four, it's manageable. But we're gonna know a lot about where they're trending in that first six games. Awesome. Well, that's a good place to end it here. Uh, as I said, uh, T-Bone has been my guest. He is one of the co-hosts of the Mac and Bone Show at WFNZ in Charlotte. Follow him again on Twitter at T-Bone WFNZ. Uh, T-Bone, anything you want to plug here while we got you before we let you go? No, I'm, I'm good. You plugged it all. Appreciate you, man. And uh, keep doing your thing, all right? All right. Sounds have good. Have I mentioned my soccer trophy yet? <laughs> yes, she did. <laughs> yes, she did. Right. Uh, yeah, for those who cannot see it uh, on the audio, that's his soccer. Hey, look at this right here. Look at this right here. This is a 2015 Panther Bud Light. Oh, very nice. And very if nice. they win it this year, I'm going to make – I should make Matt drink this on the air to exercise <laughs> our demons, right? Yeah. All right, man. Well, I appreciate it. All right. And that will wrap up this edition of Inside the Vault, a Carolina Panthers podcast, episode number 11. Rate, review, and subscribe wherever you get your podcasts, and we will see you next time.